Picture the scene, a room full of poor and desperate women picking coloured balls from a bag with red, black and white ones deciding their children's fate. Rules and a monthly draw a founding hospital in London were that a red ball secured a place at the institution for a baby of less than two months old. A white one got them on the waiting list, while the black one meant they were turned away. The much much like the public hangings at the time 250 years ago, Lottery Night was entertainment for the rich who would watch their fi- in their finery from the su- side of the room. Even as recently as 66 years ago, until the closure of 19, in 1954, men and women all over the UK took their chance of surrendering their unwanted literate children in the institution, a potent image from the hospital. Earliest years following its opening in, 19, in 1739 is, a, is what inspired my second novel, The Floundering. Such like the hospital's founder, out in the Thomas Cohen, I was shocked to find out that a thousand babies a year were left for dead on London's streets. With no social services or format, formalised model of adoption, children were left in to the care of the parish, palmed out to the relatives or simply abandoned. And the high infant mentality rate meant that 75% of the children in the capital died before their fifth birthday. Coham, a sailor and businessman, was so disturbed by the sight of the dead or dying babies in the roadside, he petitioned Parliament for a royal charter to establish a home for the city's unwanted children. His revolutionary founding hospital was built with space for 400 children and was massively oversubscribed. Poverty, lack of conception, and the shame of illegitimacy led women to flock from all over the land to hand their infants into the care, knowing they would probably never see them again. Some left tokens for their sons or daughters or means of identification in case they found themselves able to reclaim their children years later. The most common was scraps of fabric torn from children or mother's clothes as well as coins, hairpins and buttons. A token was corded and the children given a number which they wore on the tag round their neck. All founding children were given new names to prevent them finding their parents later in life and to protect the mother's identity. Tom Mackenzie was one of the last to be taken to the hospital and described life in the 40s at Dickinson, Dickinson, like be, being in Dickinson's do, la, sto, story. He was born in 1939, exactly 200 years later, after the hospital was founded by a Scottish to the Scottish Penna Per by 
Harrison mother and Irish Catholic father who were forbidden to their parents to marry. Tom's father Raymond then emigrated to South Africa and and soon after he left his mother Jean found out she was pregnant. He f- she felt she had an option but to put the baby's son into care and Tom born Derek Craig was given a place at the hospital which by the time housed 600 children having moved from Bloomsbury in West End to Birkenhamshire, Hertfordshire. Tom recalls saying being terrorised by the old children who would electrocute their younger children forced them to fight when dangled them out of the windows. I tied one of the boys to a chair and lowered him out of the win- upstairs window. Then they heard a housemaster coming down the corridor and everyone rushed to the do- get back into bed. They dropped the boy tied to the chair and he crashed to the ground below and he broke his back. We never saw him again. Nights were absolutely fearsome. It was a, when the lights went out, the dormitory monitor was in charge. Tom, who now lives in the Port Plymouth, said he'd written, uh, has written his life story, the last founding, said we knew that before he went to sleep, he went to have his bit of fun. One day, while waiting outside the master's office, age 12, he overheard a staff member say his mother's name and where she lived. He secretly kept the information to himself. For his ten years of institution, five years spent with his foster family and their daughters. And after five five years in the army, Tom finally tracked down his mother, who by that time was married to his sister and worked as a legal secretary in Edinburgh. I wanted to make it a surprise. I went into the lobby and the reception and the receptionist rang up to, to her, I, to Jean. I couldn't face her, so she, she came down. As, as she came to stairs, I had my back to her and, she heard, and heard footsteps. My heart was racing and thought, what am I going to say? I came up, she came up behind me. I turned around and she said, can I help you? I said, I don't know. And she said, do I know you? I said, perhaps for, for in another world. After an emotional reunion, a pair exchanged letters. Then Jean invited Tom to live with her and her husband, Duncan Mackenzie. In the last twist of the fate, decades later, after Duncan died, Jean resumed a relationship with Tom's real father, Raymond. More than 40 years after they were wrenched apart. Tom's family was finally reunited. But most of the 25,000 children cared for by the family hospital were not so lucky. With just one per cent being claimed by their families, or the rest were p- prepared for careers in the army and navy, a girl was trained for the domestic service. All of them turned to fend for the... or... all of them turned out to fend for themselves in its early teens. 
education was not a priority. As former foundling John Cuddicott remembers, he lived in the hospital from 1942 to 1952. He said, we were brought up and we were in a Georgian era, wearing uniforms and marching everywhere. We were children of, of, our, of our time. The discipline would not be accepted today. Boys were separated from girls and it was a moralistic style of life. After leaving the hospital at 15, John was apprenticed to a radio and music shop in Oxford and went on to work for Oxfordshire County Council. Then the hospital opened. When hospital opened in the Georgian era, apprenticeships were an informal model of adoption, with the employer taking over child's care and putting them to work in exchange for food and lodgings. A family hospital model was deemed successful in similar institutions with so New York, Paris and around the world. In Britain, that all changed with the 1948 Children's Act, which recommended that children should be taken back to their birth mothers or found homes with foster parents. After hospitals closed closure in 1954, it became up at School, which until which still contains stained glass windows, a staircase and monuments from the original London Hospital. The Kesman Children's Society continues the founding hospital work to this day. It's one of Britain's largest independent adoption agencies. As for the thousands of children that pass through the children's hospital door, their history will be digitised. A new project that will make pre-1900 records available in the first for the first time thanks to a nine one point two point six million national lottery heritage fund granted history for us we are able to view petition letters for mothers seeking possible places for their children as well as heartbreaking tokens they left for them a founding by stacy hills is published by Mania Press at £12.99.